40 days, 40 nights. A season of discipleship. A season of spring cleaning for the soul. A season of intentional spiritual practice. A season of no jokes. A season called Lent. And I'm just kidding, there will be jokes. There just won't be any good ones. <laughs> Today is the first Sunday of Lent. And every first Sunday of Lent includes an account of Jesus' temptation in the desert. When Jesus was off the mountain, and he was propelled into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And there he was confronted with a choice. Would he choose the false treasures of life that were offered to him by Satan? Or would he choose the true treasures of life offered to him by God? And Jesus passes the test. Jesus remains invested in the true treasures of life. Right relationship with God, right relationship with others, and right relationship with self. But what about you? Are you investing your life in the true treasure, the things that matter, the things that will last? Or are you wasting your time with the false treasures, things that will not really matter in the end? Whether you're, whether you're presently on the mountain and your life is great, or whether you're presently off the mountain and your life is brief, or you're somewhere in between, how do you make sure that you're investing in the true treasures of life, the things that matter? How do you make sure that you're investing in your relationship with God, the right relationship with others, and the right relationship with self? Lent, folks, is all about getting back into right relationship. Lent is all about getting back into right relationship. But how? Well, a lot could be said about how. But this Lent at St. John's, we're going to explore our congregational rule of life, which we first started talking about last Sunday, and it came out of our visioning process several times along the way. But before we can really talk about a rule of life, we need to step back and revisit the concept of spiritual disciplines. Tell someone next to you spiritual disciplines. Yes, doesn't work for you. The, the Reverend Dr. Warren Winner, an Episcopal priest and professor, in her book, does anyone remember the title of her book? We remember the important part of the title of the book. The title of her book is Real Sex, The Naked Truth About Chastity. But she talks about... It's always good to have the attention of a congregation. And it's, always, it's always great to have it. Here's how she talks about spiritual disciplines. Quote, The spiritual disciplines are things that we do. They are things that we practice. They are ways we orient our whole selves our bodies and minds and hearts, our communities, and rhythms and ways of being in the world toward God. 
End of quote. The concept of a rule of life comes out of the Christian monastic tradition. Though today, many crowds of people outside of the monasteries and many Christians across the denominations embrace this concept of a rule of life. The word rule in this concept, uh, this setting, comes from the Latin word regula, which could be translated as rhythm or a regularity of pattern. Think of a rule of life as being your spiritual fitness routine. Think of it as being a routine of spiritual practices that a congregation follows as a shared rhythm for the Christian life. These are not just things you do by yourself or with one other person, though you do that sometimes. But this is something we do together as a parish family. And so if you'll take the simplest version of the rule, which is in your cardstock there, in your bulletin. What color is it? Yellow? Yep. And we're going to read that together, but we're not going to say the numbers, and we're not going to say the words in parentheses. So we're excluding the numbers, and we're excluding the parentheses. But here we go. In response to God's love, supported by my St. John's family, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, I will live my baptismal vows as a disciple of Jesus by striving to worship weekly, pray daily, serve at St. John's and beyond, love others and build spiritual friendships, know the Christian story and invite others, give generously, rest regularly. These are ancient practices. Ancient practices that are commended to us by the best of Christianity for over 2,000 years. From the great tradition of Christianity, across Catholic, Protestant, and Orthodox lines. 2,000 years of wisdom of how to live in a right relationship with God, with others, and with self. Question for you. Question. As Christians in the Episcopal Church, you and I are invited several times a year, a few times a year, to renew our basic faith and our basic Christian commitment. We're invited to do that every time what happens? Baptism, that's right. Any time a baptism takes place, on a few select occasions of the year, whether we're witnessing somebody else's baptism or reflecting on our own, we are asked to renew our commitment. And our congregational rule flows directly from the vows that we make and renew at our baptism. Now, in my own life, and in the life of millions of other Christians over the centuries, following a rule of life has preserved my faith, has kept me going on the right track, helped me stay focused on the true treasures of life. When I was off the mountain, and things were depressingly uncertain, or things were distressingly hectic. And the rule can do the same for you. And it will do the same for our spiritual family. Question. Will you and I sometimes struggle with the rule and even fail to live into it? Of course! Of course! This is a gracious process of striving 
with the help of God and God's people, not a ruthless standard of perfection. And by the way, if you're sitting here thinking that you are perfect, that you got it all together, there's no flaws or imperfections in your life, you should probably go out those doors right now. Because we are real human beings here at St. John's, and we say, come as you are. So we bring our faults, our failures, and our sins when we come together. And now, as promised, a bad joke. An Episcopal priest was serving as a chaplain to a man sentenced to execution on the electric chair. And the man was in the electric chair. And the priest said, My son, do you have any last requests? And the convicted murderer looked up and said, Yeah, Father, I got a last request. Will you hold my hand? <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you that shocking story. The, that priest received quite a buzz in that ministry. Maya's face is really good right now. It's just like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, before I get buzzed off the stage, uh, let's carry on. So the first mark of discipleship is worship weekly. Worship Weekly, let's say that together. Worship Weekly. In our increasingly secular society, you coming through those red doors is actually a radical declaration. Because every time you come through those red doors, you are declaring to yourself and to the world, Hey, there is more to life than meets the eye. There's more than just the material. Every time you come through those red doors, you're declaring to yourself and to the world, Hey, I'm a part of something bigger than just me, my family, my friendship circle, my job, my political party, my town, my country. When you come through those red doors, you're declaring to yourself and to the world, Hey, I believe that love transforms lives. Love rooted in the life and teachings and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Worshiping weekly, whether you're here at St. John's, or if you're out of the town, or in another place, is a way of anchoring yourself. It's a way of reminding yourself of the true treasures of life, of the things that matter. Coming here week by week is a way of inviting, week by week, year by year, to receive stability from God. No matter what's happening in your life. To receive support from the people of God. No matter what's happening in your life. To come to terms with your failures. And to receive forgiveness. And to be dared to live differently. To live abundantly. To love God. To love others. And make disciples. And it's only together. Repeat after me. Only together. Tell someone nearby very enthusiastically, only together. It's only together that you and I can gather at the Eucharistic table, our parish family table, as God's beloved daughters and sons. All the marks of discipleship flow to and from our weekly worship, from the Eucharist, from the Mass. Now, put on your imagination helmets. Some of you, this is going to be harder than others. Very good. Very good. And Michelle, put your good. 
And imagine yourself practicing the spiritual disciplines. Not perfectly, not perfectly, but faithfully. Imagine yourself embracing our congregational rule and investing in the true treasures of life. And imagine your life being transformed as a result. If you can imagine that, say amen. And then if you can't, if you can't imagine that, God does imagine that, can't imagine that for you. So this Lent, let God motivate you. This Lent, hike with your fellow disciples. Take the road less traveled, the road of discipleship. It will make all the difference. Father Arnold Klukas, who taught for years at the Shorter House Seminary, where Father Kent and I both graduated from, Father Klukas had this to say, quote, The disciplines aren't intended to earn us favorable points with the Lord, but rather to make the necessary space inside ourselves to let God's presence deeply radiate into our daily lives. End of quote. This Lent, maybe for the first time, or maybe for the first time in a long time, make that necessary space inside of yourself so that God's presence can deeply radiate your daily life. It will make all the difference, both now and forever. Amen.